It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight. Expertise. Top guest. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Here we go on a Friday. Can't believe it's the weekend. And we start with can't believe a basketball ball may be headed elsewhere. We'll talk some transfer portal with Olivier Kumwa. And I'm a bit surprised. Also, could Tennessee be in the crosshairs of the NCAA? That would be a concern. And Congress getting... Well, feisty, not only with Donald Trump, but in IL deals. So there's a lot going on. Let's go ahead and get to it right now. A big program. Good morning, Caleb. How are you, sir? I am good. Happy Friday to you, Dave. How are you doing? I'm well. Happy Friday to you as well. And we were live yesterday, shortly after we went off the air, as Tennessee picked up a big commitment, four-star quarterback Jake Merklinger, which I thought was pretty monstrous. Those that are on board already, thanks for being on hold as we get rolling and hit that thumbs up button. I really appreciate it. Travis says, good morning, ball fans. We say good morning to you. We should also... I say I'm an Orioles fan. I'm just going to tell you guys I'm a huge Orioles fan. And because the Orioles beat the Red Sox yesterday, we're tied with the Yankees for first in the AL East after opening day. We have the smallest payroll, so we should get the tiebreaker. Let's just call the season. Season's over. Season's over. We win the AL East. Season's done. You don't want to see them go 162-0? and Nope. Just stop it here. I've seen enough. Baltimore is 1-0. and I've seen enough. Stop the count. 
Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Just, just go ahead and do it and be done with it. And there you go. All right. So uh, Olivia Kumwa enters the transfer portal before we get to today's tough question brought to you by Craven Wings. So Olivia Kumwa enters the portal and I was surprised to see that come out yesterday. I did not predict that that would happen. I didn't really see Tennessee having any significant transfers, and we want to discuss just how significant this one is. And it's brought to you by AndyMasonRealEstate.com. AndyMasonRealEstate.com will save you thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars in real estate because they've got over 40 years of experience right there in the Knoxville area, andymasonrealestate.com. Tell him off the hook sports sent you, or just all you got to do is fill out the form and he'll get in touch with you. Best service, best prices in the real estate biz. Your thoughts on Tennessee facing a potential transfer in Kumwa? Yeah, this one was shocking. I did think they were going to lose at least one big man. They have JP Estrella and Cade Phillips coming in. And also Jonas Adu, I think, is going to take another huge leap this offseason because he took a huge leap last offseason. And I think that he is the – I think he's going to be the big man that everything goes through next year for Tennessee. So I really thought Juras Plavchik would actually be the guy to transfer and try to play one more year because I think he's got a year of eligibility left and play somewhere else. Kamwa doing it is a little interesting. He's really the only stretch four that Tennessee can truly rely on Rick Barnes still loves the stretch four, and he uses Kamwa a lot in that situation. The only thing I can maybe think about this is, look, maybe Rick Barnes nudged him and is getting a high-profile transfer somewhere else that we don't know about. I mean, that that's, that's very possible. Or maybe Rick Barnes at his age has decided overnight, I'm going to do what Caleb Calhoun and Dave Hooker have been telling me to do, and I'm going to play a little more small ball from now on. <laughs> well, I'm sure, yeah, and I can always I can check IP addresses. We'll find out if he's watching, but I can go ahead and guarantee he is. Um, I um, to me, it's 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 a little strange that you would announce you're ready to bolt for a big man. Now, to me, if let's say Santiago Vescovi or one of the other guards said, I want to go because I want to play a more up and down pace, and I see what you're saying with the depth of the big man position. I just, if you'd have made a list of guys that could possibly transfer, Caleb, given what's coming in, and go ahead and address their, their class coming in because it's something to behold. But if you made a list of guys that were going to transfer out, where would have come off fallen on that list? Oh, near the bottom. No one has really benefited from playing for Rick Barnes more than Conway. He, he's got a, um, before Conway, you had Eve Pons, who really benefited playing three years from Rick Barnes. Kamwa's like right there with them. I mean, you talk about a guy that really has fine-tuned the role that is meant for him, which is the stretch four, which there's going to be a – I would have thought if he stayed with Barnes another year, there would be a spot for him in the NBA in a couple of years. I mean, a 6'8", 6'9", forward that can go out and guard the perimeter, that can hit shots from the free throw line, there's a spot for you on the on the bench somewhere in the NBA when you can do that. They Everybody needs a stretch four at some point, and I think – this was really, really shocking. Unless he goes to play for Tom Izzo, who developed stretch fours better than anybody. I, it's it's kind of shocking that he decided to hit the portal. Yeah, it, it, it's near the bottom for me. It's honestly near. I, I would have even pegged Zakai Ziegler's answering before him. Wow. Uh, Michigan State, I mean, that that's a blue blood program at this point, um, even though they just have one championship under Izzo, which seems like they have eight, but they don't. 
Um, so they, 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 they carry themselves like they have eight. They don't they're care. Like a, they're like the 2008 Celtics team, which I love Kevin Garnett, but Paul Pierce acts like they were a dynasty and that he's like got some credibility to speak on things like, bro, you won one championship, y'all three together. Well, don't run the Celtics into the ground doing that. But do you think he would have those sort of options, Michigan State options, Duke options, North Carolina options, or do you think he's going to go to a school that basketball-wise is a bit of a lateral move from Tennessee? I, I, I don't see people falling over themselves to get him. I think he'll he'll be a guy that will fit in some programs. I used to always use this. In, in recruiting, I had my own recruiting rankings, okay? I had anywhere, somewhere, nowhere, okay? So a kid that I would evaluate, because I've, I've told you before, the two to four stars, I leave up to the experts, okay? Yeah, I can get a bit of a difference, but for the most part, if a guy's a, a, a four-star or a high two-star, that I leave to the experts, and I call scouts, and I get their thoughts. So I created my own ranking system it's called anywhere somewhere nowhere anywhere means you're nico or you are arch manning you can go anywhere you want you can call up providence and say hey by the way start a football program i want to show up and they'll be oh okay uh somewhere is you've got great options you've got power five schools nowhere is you can't play ball at the uh at the, at the highest level. At the highest level. I mean, you're going to go Division Two. I hate it when people correct me for saying Division One, Division Two, but that's still what it is. Come walk anywhere, somewhere, nowhere. Is it is at least a somewhere? Is he in any? Is he in anywhere? Yeah. Well, I'm with you. I think he's. I was throwing out the Michigan State thing as a possibility. I think the more likely possibility is one of the two things we first said. Barnes wants to adjust his system to play a little bit more small ball next year, and he's already planning that, or he's got a transfer coming in that we don't know about and that he's already working towards. I don't think... Wait, well, let me stop you on one thing. Why do you believe that he would play more small ball? Okay, because I'm going to I'm gonna play devil's advocate for a second. Tell me... I'm going to be Rick Barnes. Tell me I should play more small ball. You want Sorry. me to tell you why yes. you should play more? I'm, I'm, say, say, Rick, I'm your buddy. You should play more small ball. Rick, this year when Josiah Jordan James was banged up, you guys really stumbled down the stretch of the season because you were having to play a lot bigger than you usually did in the past. You were number two before that. Last year, Olivia Okamwa went down for the year in January, and you guys turned things around immediately and went and won the SEC tournament title and got a three-seat in the NCAA tournament. Okay, first of all, I'm going to say let's just talk about this year. This year, <laughs> because you're right, and it's hard to argue against that. This year, though, I'm going to say to you, I got to the Sweet 16, and I had a ton of injuries. Zakai Ziegler at the most inopportune time. I want to continue to play big. You got to the Sweet 16 by default and through the luck of matchups. That's how you okay. got to the Sweet 16. Okay. My name's Rick Barnes. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now that that's the way college basketball is going because the way the rules are, I'm not the only team that's playing this rugby style of ball, as Jay Billis likes to refer to it. This is where football is going. You're practically telling me to change my style that is taking advantage of a trend like you would tell Josh Heupel not to throw the ball over the park and run high tempo. No, you're fighting a trend. You go. You only got to the Sweet 16 because you got lucky enough to play another team that plays rugby ball, which is Duke. Also, 
Look at the other teams that played rugby ball in this tournament. Purdue plays rugby ball. They just became the second team in history to lose to a 16 seed. Virginia plays rugby ball. They were the first program in history to lose to a 16 seed, and they lost to a 13 seed this year. Rugby ball doesn't take you that far in the NCAA tournament, coach. I'm just saying rugby ball has won one national title and was Virginia in 2019, and that 2019 Virginia offense is better than any offense you've ever coached. Okay, I'm still Rick Barnes. Why are you so hard on me, Caleb Calhoun? <laughs> because I want you to win a national championship to validate your legacy as a Hall of Fame college basketball coach. I've already had a great career. It doesn't matter. Of course, that's not true. Um, I, okay. He would throw faith in. He, you got to throw faith in at some point. That's what Rick Barnes would do. Yeah. Do you really believe, though, and, and blame your players. Do you really believe, <laughs> though, do you, do you really honestly believe that there is some mystery recruit out there or some mystery transfer player that could come in? Or is that just one of the things floating around in the aura of possibility? It's one of the two aura of possibilities. It's either that or it's it, either Rick Barnes has a guy he's bringing in or he's planning on changing up his style a little bit. And he's kind of any in Olivier could see that. I don't think it's something like Tom Izzo came calling and was like, hey, you know, want to play for a better program? I think Tom Izzo can get better players, like you said, to play that stretch for. Rick Barnes develop player, develops players, and Tom Izzo does too, but Tom Izzo develops a higher caliber of a player. <laughs> and so sure. Rick Barnes is going to get the – I always thought Rick Barnes, is, his best strength was, between me and you, Rick Barnes should never recruit a five-star, ever. He should never recruit a one-and-done guy. He should take only three stars the rest of his career because the way Tennessee is at their most successful is if you get a bunch of three stars who have played together for two and three years and have developed under Rick Barnes, that's how you that's how Rick Barnes wins. I don't know why he ever tries to recruit at such a high level because he can't he's not good at mixing those guys in. Man, but yeah, I, I, I think that helps Rick Barnes to be real honest with you, because I don't think the one and dones are gonna be the type of guys that are as favorable to a program any longer i think what you're going to see is the transfer and duns that come in for two years they signed with a smaller school i'm just going to throw something out there like a murray state or something and they're like oh i see well you've got a training table at tennessee i get to eat filet i get to eat shrimp and i get to play in front of uh 20 some thousand people i think that that's going to be the trend that you will see the bigger schools and could have a bigger impact on basketball than actually football. I, and and listen, if Rick Barnes, and I wrote about this on offthehooksports.com, if he's not ready to accept that and he hasn't taken advantage of NIL transfers, somebody's behind the game. Either the collectives that are all put together, somebody is behind the game. I'm not sure that it, who that is, if it's Rick Barnes or not, but I, I, why has Tennessee not had the impact player come in especially if we're having this conversation in November of a transfer in basketball like they've had with Nico. The cash is there. There's no question. And you could have a bigger impact. In football, I don't care how great you are. You're probably going to have to sit a year. There are exceptions. I know Nico may be an exception, but you're probably going to have to sit a year. You're you're not going to have an impact because you have to have 10 other good players around you to compete for a championship. In basketball, that's not necessarily true. Um, you can have four average players around you and a special player. So if Tennessee doesn't take advantage of the NIL and basketball, be it transfer or actual high school recruits, 
I think you've got a real issue. And I'd encourage people to read that on offthehooksports.com because it's something that's a head scratcher for me. I don't know where the disconnect is. Today's tough question is now, and it's brought to you by Craven Weeks. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. Please go ahead and click that like button, the thumbs up. We appreciate that. Travis says maybe Barnes is trying to get some NIL or could be a girlfriend in another school, college students. or Oh, he's talking about, come on. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely could be a girlfriend. You never know. There's a lot of truth to that. But if he's trying to get NIL, that proves my point. Because that would be very disconcerting if the NIL wasn't there. All right. So Vanderbilt has a linebacker that you probably, if you're watching closely, and the game wasn't very close last year, but if you if you watch a lot of SEC football, uh, he's he's pretty darn good. And he's one of those that you would think that a lot of schools would come after. Problem is you can't really come after them. If you do, it's got to be – very vague it's got to be something that is done behind closed doors through shady intermediaries and cj taylor vanderbilt linebacker says there were some conversations between he and tennessee brought to you by craven wings today's tough question and it's on our twitter page now, tennessee is a program that's under ncaa investigation currently um, big Saturday brunch tomorrow. You need to check that out at the North Shore Chodo location for Craven Wings. I had the wings this week. They are phenomenal. The Vols reportedly talked to Vanderbilt linebacker C.J. Taylor, which could be tampering. Are you concerned? And I've got not at all, a little bit, very. Right now, not at all, 57%. A little bit, 28%. Very 14%. Caleb Calhoun, where do you fall? Today's tough question brought to you by Craven Wings. I fall under a little bit because I have to say I don't know how true this is. And the only reason I'm going to say this, I'm I'm not calling C.J. Taylor a liar. I'm not saying that there may not have been some conversations that were there to steer him towards Tennessee. I don't know how involved the coaching staff was. Because here's where I can't imagine they would be this stupid. You're going to tamper. For a Vanderbilt linebacker. Now, we all know linebackers a need for Tennessee. Dave, you and I, you have an article up this morning about Keenan Peely. We know linebacker is a big need for Tennessee. You're going to tamper. And if I can interrupt, we'd be having a different conversation if we're talking about Peely and Taylor. We might be talking about the linebackers being a, a strength for this team headed into the season. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to tamper when you're under NCAA investigation for a linebacker who I'm with you could be good, but CJ Taylor is 6'1, 201 pounds. I don't know if he would be big enough to fit in this system for Tim Banks. I mean, even Aaron Beasley is 225, and he's more of the straight line speed, tackling behind the line of scrimmage guy. So you're going to tamper with when you're under NCAA investigation and risk everything for a linebacker who may not even be a fit for your system. Man, if they're I can, if they're that stupid, I become very concerned overnight. I can't imagine they're that stupid. I Here's can't. where I, 
here's where I thought you were going to go with the stupid thing that there would actually be some sort of tie or phone call from Josh Heupel or Tim Banks to his cell phone number, some sort of tie in there. Listen, if Tennessee sends an intermediary to say, Hey CJ, what's the deal, man? Would you be interested? That's the way you got to do business nowadays. You don't think that every other big time program is doing that right now. They absolutely are. So go for it. Do those sorts of things. But if you actually speak to them personally, that's tampering. That would be very stupid. That is hard for me to imagine. So on that scale, I will say, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned from Tennessee's perspective, because if they did that, then you've got an NCAA issue that's floating out around there. And I'm telling you, this would look really, really bad. That's why they hammered Tony Vitello. That's why they suspended him for a weekend because Tennessee's football team was already under investigation. You don't want to give them more ammunition, Caleb. That would be bad. I'm going to get to the message board, but more ammunition could turn a very small penalty into a much larger situation that even drags on into the summer and results in a larger penalty. That would be bad for the Vols. Oh, it'd be disastrous. Absolutely disastrous. And that's why I say, I only say a little because I just, I think the contact was, you're right. It was an intermediary or maybe it was even a player. Maybe it was a player on Tennessee who went to high school with CJ Taylor and the friends with and CJ Taylor. And he just said, Hey, CJ, that's has got a spot for you at linebacker. If you want to transfer here, and maybe it was something like that. No, agreed. Uh, go ahead and hit that thumbs up, button. I want to go to the message board. Okay. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. SC scout guy said, I would not be concerned for the simple fact that the NCAA seems to be completely powerless of late. SC scout guy completely agree, except for the fact that last month they added about 40 people to their enforcement staff. They're sick of being made fun of. They want to get some sort, and listen, they'll handle it wrong. I'm not saying that the NCAA has suddenly become this bastion of legislative justice. They haven't, and they won't. But they are going to, at some point, use that group of people to hammer somebody. They are looking for someone to make an example out of, because NIL got completely out of their hands. So that's why I'm still on the little bit concerns me scale from Tennessee's perspective. But good point. They, they haven't shown a lot of teeth to this point. David says very, even if nothing comes from it, it can be a bank's size distraction. It's a bank's. We could turn that into Take that to the bank. Or no, it's a bank's. What, what happened? Why didn't you write that story, Dave? Caleb asked. Ah, uh, man, stuff is going on with my family. I got banked. Uh, <laughs> totally distracted. Um, <laughs> SEC is acting like the IRS now with more, uh, or I think he's referring to the uh, NCAA with hiring more agents. Yes, he was. Um, it's time to abolish the NCAA anyway. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But I think this is, I think this is concerning to an extent. But I go back to, I think Josh Heupel is highly intelligent. You don't hear me say that about a lot of football coaches. Okay, so (laughs) I think that he is smart enough to know you've got to find the right intermediary that it never comes back to you. So that's why I would not go very typically on this. Had this been 
Had this been Dooley, Butch Jones, even Philip Fulmer, I'd be on the very scale. Because those guys, you know, Philip got caught in some stuff. And I, I think the, obviously, Jeremy Pruitt did. If it was anybody else other than Josh Heupel, I'd be on the very scale. But I'm just a little bit right now. Did Fulmer get caught in some stuff or did people around him get caught in some stuff and he just wasn't too apt to put a stop to it the way he needed to? Well, I mean, I go back to the one thing that would have been monstrous now, and that's meeting with the alleged sexual assault victim the day after the assault at a oh, show yeah. in Knoxville. So, I mean, that Josh Eiple's never going to do anything like that. No, he's not. That That's similar to uh, KPD calling the police after the arrest or calling a Jeremy Pruitt after they arrested Jeremy Banks, which was so common, I know, back in the day, wasn't it, where they called the coaches? Right, and body cameras for police have pretty much taken that away. You can't get away with that stuff. You can't say, uh, hey, coach. Um, and and listen, I've had people recognize me before when I got a speeding ticket one time. And they said, my full name is not Dave, it's Davis. And they said, hey, Dave, where are you going? I said, I'm running late for my radio show. And I knew they knew, they knew me because they used Dave. So listen, you, you, but you can't let people go like you used to just because you know them and maybe like them on the radio or like the way they play football on Saturday. There's everybody has body cameras that run all the time. You, you would know better than I, right? Oh yeah. They all the time. And even if they don't have body cameras, do you know how many places are have cameras just hidden when like now, like yeah. it's funny because everybody, I was in New York with some friends a few weeks ago and uh, you know, my, my family back home are buying into the whole media hype that New York's dangerous now. And I'm like, and they're like, you're walking around Manhattan. I'm like, yeah, nothing's going to happen to me in Manhattan because no matter what happens, there's a camera on some building that's going to catch it. I mean, that, that's just a fact. Like you're watched everywhere you go in lower Manhattan and up to Midtown. And so we're both going to settle on, we're both going to settle on a little, but not very. Um, does this story have legs? And when I say legs that we could see a development in the next couple of days in which they follow up with him and the NCAA even looks into it. Does it have legs? Does this grow from a small thing into a big thing anytime soon? It could, but it could have let look. It's very possible. CJ Taylor's just being an instigator here. I mean, it's very possible. That's the case. So we don't know. Cause I don't know if he's be an instigator, but I think it's very possible that somebody just said to him, hey, have you ever thought about playing at Tennessee? I think that's more likely. That had a loose tie to Tennessee than Josh Heupel called him. Well, yeah, that's what I was getting at, though. That's where I see he was being an instigator is because he played it oh, in a way mean, that – You didn't mean purposefully. Like, he didn't go out thinking, oh, I'll get Tennessee in trouble. Sort of no, thing. I think he just embellished a little bit to make it sound a little more dramatic. My question for you was, would Derek Dooley really have done this? As much as you don't like Dooley, it seemed like he was at least process-oriented where he wasn't going to try to, like, commit an infraction. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought he was a little bit of a doofus. <laughs> I mean, I think he would be more likely than Hypel. I don't think he was as premeditated. So um, I, I don't think this is a – I really don't think it has legs. And unless Vanderbilt wanted to push it, and that puts the kid in the middle, I don't think it has legs because guys are so insulated now. So will there be a follow-up question? Um yeah, I don't I don't see that being the case, Caleb. I don't see anybody saying, hey, you said this. Uh, now I want to ask you this. I mean, heck, he may not be available to the media for, what, 
till the till fall. The fall camp. Yeah. So this is that that's it's not much to read into right now. So I say a little concerned and only be a little concerned if you if you think that the staff that what was implied was fully true. And I can't imagine it was. I can't imagine the Tennessee football coaching staff is that stupid. I just now, Smokey, now Smokey Mountain Red brought up a good point. Can um, and I think this is this is where this whole thing gets a little goofy. Can collectives make calls? No, no, no. The collective is an affiliate with the university, so it's an initiative by the university with the university. So you work with them once you're on campus. So technically, they can't recruit in any capacity. Now, that's not to say that there's not recruiting going even on. Even transfers? Even transfers? Even transfers. That's not to say that there's not recruiting going on. That's not to say that maybe some some booster who's giving money through the collective may not be saying to a guy, hey, I'm not saying I won't have you be the front man of my car shop but or of my car dealership, but you commit to Tennessee, you got a very, very good chance of of being the front man of my car dealership. And I'm not saying that. Caleb did the wink for those on the audio platform, by the way. So in other words, yeah, it's kind of a wink, wink deal. But there, there's not just one collective. It's not just Spire. So how do you manage all these collectives? For instance, I'll talk to somebody who is starting a collective and I got a really good vibe off of him, want to work with him. And he wants to help uh, some of the, the people that aren't getting the money and maybe he'll wait for them to be on campus. But if there's 10, 12 collectives, how are you able to monitor each one so they're not calling guys at lesser schools and saying, hey, you could come to Tennessee. Like I'm, a, I'm not saying McCallan Castles did this, but McCallan Castles, was he had a stipend to buy his food and go to his dorm and cook it. At Tennessee, you go and there's a feast that's, some, that's like a mix between the Golden Corral and Ruth's Chris every single meal so just to see that to pitch that it's a pretty strong pitch uh caleb so what's to stop uh a collective person from doing that well are all these 12 collectives like initiatives by the university spire sports was an initiative and a partnership with the university itself well, I just threw 12 out there. So, But um, there, there, there's more than one. You can start your own collective. Well, then, yeah. If you, and I, you and I could start a collective today on and, and, and roll with it. Okay. Um, I see what you're saying. Yeah, most of those are independent. So at that point, yeah, there's no way to – there's no way to – there's absolutely no way to regulate those at all. Right. And but, that that's 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 a problem. So and I, I that's why I said from the start, I don't know how that's going to work, but – at that point, there's no reason to be concerned because if one of those collectives is calling C.J. Taylor, what is the NCAA going to do to Tennessee? They didn't have anything to do with that. They can wash their hands clean. Yeah, I think you just talked out of me out of the kind of concerned and not at all concerned as well. As long as what I believe to be true, and that's Josh Heupel, is just too smart to do something like that. Portions of the program brought to you by Bassey Lawn and Garden, Man Alive, it's worth the drive, industrial mowers, commercial mowers, all right there. In Cleveland, whether you're in Knoxville, Nashville, or perhaps Chattanooga, go there and get your industrial mowers, commercial mowers, any lawn equipment you might need. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Man Alive, it's worth the drive. Today's sizzling, hot, tough question brought to you by our friends at Craven Wings, and they've got the brunch going on tomorrow. Two minutes, and coming up, 
Tell you what, um, I want to get more into this Kumwa thing, but also want to talk about Jake Merklinger being a big pickup for Tennessee in a couple of ways that you might not have thought about yet. Stay tuned. Two minutes off the hook sports. And Craving Wings South North Shore location, where we've heard people say that you can get the best wings in East Tennessee. Pero quien es este? El número 87, Jacob Warren. I'll just do six of my sauce 87, please. Imposible, señorita. Dale seis más. Look at this wings. Perfectas, deliciosas, fantásticas. Man, I don't know what you're saying, but it sounds awesome. How do you say fresh, never frozen in Spanish? Frescas, nunca congeladas. Make your way to Craving Wings and get you seis más. But what was funny about Cadiz, we were a full continuum of care at that time. We had detox, we had inpatient, we had outpatient. So we were doing a lot of the things that we do now. But now we just do them so much better. It's really a simple program, but it's, we're complicated people. I am what I am, and now i got to do something about it. You can take your life back. Call Cadiz today. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassies, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler, and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You're listening to the Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Is there nothing you people can't do? Also available on OffTheHookSports.com. <laughs> Alrighty, here we go. Tennessee picked up a big commitment. Four-star quarterback Jake Merklinger. We covered that yesterday from Georgia. He picks the balls over Michigan State, North Carolina, and Georgia. Somebody brought up a really good point on our YouTube channel. By the way, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. Have friends subscribe because you'll love it. We got some big stuff coming up we're excited about. Uh, no Fred White today. We're working on our uh, Celebrate 98 project, so we got a long day tomorrow, but... 
Uh, Fred will join us uh, most every Friday. I would say 50 weeks out of the 52 Fridays. I want to commit to that. Uh, Jake Merklinger. Yes, he gets a bye week every once in a while. Jake Merklinger commits uh, to Tennessee, and I want to play four downs with his commitment. So here we go. And this is a new type of four downs. And go ahead and weigh in on the message board. I'm going to specifically go a little bit slower. By the way, Smoky Mountain Red loves the ad um, with uh, uh, Jacob there, who is like, yeah, I'll take the 87 sauce. I need, we need to have Jacob on to kind of make fun of him uh, a little bit because he he's such a good speaker and he seems like he's nervous with the camera there on on that Craven Wings ad. He's got to pop out of his shell and just talk some trash, point at the camera and say, try the 87. Man, the 87 really is awesome. And I'm a Buffalo guy, so try that at Craven Wings. But the 87 is awesome. Four Downs is now. It's brought to you by... Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. Vision correction that you just can't get anywhere else in this local. Four downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. 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 Downs. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. I got LASIK, no contacts, no glasses. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. Local vision is just awesome. They're not flying in doctors from other places. They also do cataract surgery. And Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han has local vision centers for your annual checkups and more. All right, Caleb. So let's play a little bit of four downs with Jake Merklinger. Here we go. And this, and I'm upping the ante. Chips in the middle. You have to bet your mortgage on these four down questions. Okay. Okay. All right. Jake Merklinger betting your mortgage signs with Tennessee. Yes or no? Yeah. He signs with Tennessee. Okay. That's a, a, I I was thinking my, the first, that first down would be a play action, take a shot at the end zone first down, but that was a run three yards at a cloud of dust. Well, here's why I brought that one up. Because he also said that he was willing to go to North Carolina, which has Drake May. So I don't think he's afraid of competition at all. I thought about this more last night. So whether he goes to Tennessee or he goes to North Carolina, there's competition ahead of him. And even if Nico somehow wins the job, plays every game and is a superstar, I still think he comes to Tennessee. He's looking at this. As, as far as the long play. So I would bet my mortgage, yes, he signs with Tennessee. Plays for Tennessee in 2024. You got to bet your mortgage, yay or nay. Second yeah. down. Yes, he'll play a few snaps. You know, he'll get some experience. Josh Heibel will bring him in, call a play action against Missouri for an extra touchdown to get 60 points. Yes, I think he plays in 2024. I will agree with that as as well. Smoky Mountain Red says commits seem to stick more than they did 10 years ago. That is really true, and I'm not sure why either. Smoky, sometimes Smoky Mountain Red's reading my mind. I was thinking about that last night. It used to be a commitment. We'd always say non-binding to make sure fans didn't get their hopes up. They well, seem that to would stick be- more. That, that would be because you have the option of transferring if you do commit now more. If 10 years ago, if you commit – that's that's your life decision right there. You just put your life in the hands of the coach you committed to. 
Right. Because it's basically a five-year agreement on the kids' side, or it was. All right. We'll start a game for Tennessee. You got to bet your mortgage. Yay or nay? No. No, See, I'll say no, too, and it's nothing against Jake, who we both like on tape, but just the odds of it, if he gets behind Nico and he's not seeing playing time, he could transfer out, they could bring somebody in. I'm going to say no just based off odds. I agree, because there's the Nico factor. There's the fact that he could transfer with the Nico factor, but let's throw this other part out there. Say he decides to stay and I'll wait. He would be, you know, he'll wait till his sophomore, retro sophomore or retro junior, whatever year to start when Nico leaves. I was going to have a couple of quarterbacks in that class. So you have to bank on him beating out those guys. But more importantly, we both watched Jake Merklinger's highlights. He's a better pro style quarterback than a lot of guys, including Nico. That doesn't mean he's the best fit for Hypel system though. His release is a little slow, and you know that the quick release is the most important part of the quick release is the second most important thing for Hypo system, isn't it? It's the deep ball. Oh, oh yeah, or a quick a combination of the read and the delivery. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's got a bit of a Tyler Bray delivery, which was a slower release, if you remember. Uh, are you talking about Merklinger? Yes, yes, Merklinger. Okay. So sometimes I look at. Yeah, Maleva, and I think that he has a little bit of a Tyler because he kind of drops it down three quarter, but yeah, it's but fast. It comes out so, it comes out so quick. <laughs> but it comes out fast. So um, I think that's what they're working on right now. And he's had some accuracy issues. I'll go ahead and tell you at spring camp, but I think that's because they're trying to rework his mechanics a little bit, get him a little bit more over the top because he's a slinger now. Travis says, I bet he starts a game. Odds are there will be an injury. It's true. Uh, Travis says Joe started games in the last two seasons. Just saying, very good point. And lastly, he will, Merklinger will play out his eligibility at Tennessee or go to the NFL early. If he goes mm-hmm. to the NFL early, it'll be based on what he did at another school, not what he did at Tennessee. No, okay. It leaves Tennessee to go to the NFL early. No. Plays out his eligibility at Tennessee. No, no, no. He's going to play out his eligibility somewhere else. I mean, this is zero shot at Jake, I promise, but I'm going to agree with you. I'm just going to have to base it off numbers. And my mortgage, um, man, I got to pay it or my wife gets really mad. Uh, Smoky Mountain says, I hope early because he balls out. That's true. He might, he might very well do that. Go ahead and click that thumbs up, that like button. We greatly appreciate that. Remind you, that Zul Beer, XULBeer.com is the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports. Zul Beer is phenomenal, and they've got worldwide award-winning craft beer, and they've got parking downtown at their location. Panoramic view of downtown Knoxville. You will absolutely love it. That's ZulBeer.com. And then this from Don Staley, I wanted uh, to uh, get to momentarily. She was asked about coaching in the men's game but first we got congress getting involved let's talk some congress so do you think i'm going to go the direction of donald trump after yesterday caleb i seriously doubt it i think we're going to be talking some other stuff. <laughs> you can always doubt that you and i could work together for 20 years you'll never know where i stand on politics and neither will any of the listeners it's just something i decided a long time ago to never share. John Adams, who's been a friend for years. Jimmy Himes, whose last day is today as he retires. 
who's been a friend and a confidant for uh, 23 years. They have no idea where I stand politically. I could be hard left, hard right. They have no idea. And that's the way we're going to keep it. But it's time for what the H? What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. Congress getting involved with NIL. (laughs) Initially, just say why. Aren't there more important things going on in the world? But a lot like the steroid scandal in baseball. I mean, seriously. But I I guess it's their job to police some things. It's their job to get reelected. So it's their job to be in the public eye. So you, for those that don't know, uh, Caleb Calhoun also covers um, Congress, covers the political scene and all that good stuff. And he, he, he just knows it up and down. So let me start with you. What do you make of Congress looking into NIL? So I'm not as, because I cover it in and out, I don't get as cynical covering it as a lot. I, I get very cynical on some things, but I don't get mad of them taking up issues. A lot of times I'm like, thank God you're taking up something. Okay. <laughs> so, That's refreshing. And, I didn't think you'd come at that, well, with that direction. I, a lot of, so for instance, a lot of people sometimes miss the context of things. So the steroid scandal, everybody was like, why are they worried about baseball and the steroid scandal? It wasn't the MLB, that they weren't worried about MLB players cheating. They were worried that because of Balco steroids was filtering down to high school kids. And there were literally high school kids that were dying because they were getting, they were, they were pressured to take steroids for baseball. That is something Congress could should look into. And because that started with major league baseball, they were obviously going to subpoena the MLB players suspected of steroids to testify about steroids. That's where that all came from. In this instance, I think they're worried because there's not a, the reason Congress is getting involved is because every state has already passed different laws. And so there's not a uniform standard at all. And, and, and so you do need Congress at this point to step in to say, okay, if there's going to be a standard of paying players, it's got to be uniform because then there's going to be massive competitive disadvantages, forget competitive disadvantages, educational disadvantages. We, I think we all agree that, as a society, we one of the goals of society is to try to best educate your kids as possible. And so that and Congress has to deal with that. And there are going to be look, football is a revenue driver for a lot of colleges in this country for education. And so I think something you might worry about if your Congress is if Tennessee has the most fair and loose NIL standards possible to pay anybody and down in Louisiana, LSU is like super strict on it. Well, no, not LSU because they're going to get talent anywhere, no matter what. Let's say Ohio State is super strict on NIL and not letting anybody in. Well, you're going to see a giant gap in which football program is more dominant in 20 years. So? But Why does Congress care about that? Because you and I, this may be the first time that you and I vehemently disagree. Wait, on wait let me finish. Oh, football you can finish. You can finish, but I have a retort footballer gets really good at Tennessee the academic programs at Tennessee get really good and all of a sudden the academic programs falter at Ohio State and in-state kids trying to get in-state tuition at Ohio State trying to go in-state to Ohio State kids from Ohio don't have the best academic option to go to school just saying that's possible I think they want a uniform standard of NIL reach the Supreme Court already ruled on this this, it, it, why should if the Supreme Court can rule on it, if states themselves can pass laws addressing this, which they have, 
why shouldn't Congress get involved? Okay, but specifically what I want to address is the fact that they want full disclosure of NIL. Okay, that's okay. That's that's at the end of the day what they want. Whether or not they get it, we'll never know. I mean, they never did anything to them as Major League Baseball players. Major League Baseball did. But that's what they want, full disclosure of NIL. Well, except Let Clemens, me, who dared Congress to, to subpoena him because well, he's so true, stupid. True. <laughs> but here – but listen. Well, they should have gotten Rafael Camaro, too. I just happened to watch a documentary on that last night. But but nevertheless. So here's my – Here's my thing with this, man. It doesn't matter. I don't care if there are different rules from state to state about plumbing. What I pay my plumber is between me and my plumber. Stay out of my business. What I pay Jacob Warren and Cooper Mays, who I've said are NL, NIL guys, I've never hidden that. And I think they bring a lot. And I think they're worth it. And I think they deserve it. That is none of Congress's business. That's none of anybody's business. That is a business transaction between two people. And I do not understand how in the world, other than them knowing what I paid them so that they have to claim it on their taxes and I claim it on my taxes as an expense, I don't understand why in the world Congress needs to be involved. And I'll tell you this too, just from a sports stand stance, let me take away the the, the stance of uh, the government being a little bit too intrusive in my mind. Let me take that away for a second. From a sports stance, you don't want this, especially if you're Tennessee because you're ahead of the curve of, of NIL. So, Caleb, full disclosure of NIL, are you for that? Should I have well, to tell Congress what I'm paying Jacob and Cooper and some more players we're going to add this offseason? I think there are some deeper issues on this. I think there are, okay, for instance, there's a, there's a, there's a concept of collect. I think some athletes, for instance, are looking to collectively bargain still, even with NIL. We know Northwestern, didn't they win, didn't they win a lawsuit to be able to collectively bargain and collective bargaining Congress does deal with, I mean, we're, we're talking about this. Like they haven't dealt with this in other sports. There are, there are, full-on protections in baseball, basketball, football, hockey for the athletes to collectively bargain because as Congress would say, those are employees who are not part, there's no competitive league, they, the competitor that they could go join. They can only play with this league. The NCAA, there's really no competitor right now in, in college football. And now you have the Wild West of NIL money just flowing everywhere. Now you could say it's nobody's business, but Again, what happens if, okay, Tennessee does NIL, but then Northwestern decides to collectively bargain? Well, we all agree Congress should get involved in collectively. That's one of the things they, they do. The federal government does is deal with collective bargaining and negotiations. So, well, but I, this I think, is, okay, if, if collective bargaining, you're talking about basically a union, right? So right. that everybody gets an equal number. I mean, if you want to get involved with that, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you that's going to fall by the wayside. Nick Saban already thought that that was a great idea, and then he chucked it so he could pay more players more money that were key players. Um, listen, I, I will go ahead and tell you, I will go out of my way to pay Jacob and Cooper under the table so that they can't monitor this money, which would hurt me from a tax standpoint, but I'll give them cold, hard cash because there is no way that they should be able 
to to share with with the public what these guys are making. I don't care if it's me or somebody else. There's no way they should be able to share that. I don't think it's really fair that we know that Nico Iamaleva is supposedly making eight million dollars, which has never been truly confirmed. Well, I don't, we don't think really know that. it. That's the thing. Some reporter I got know. a hold of that. <laughs> Right, and somebody leaked it to them, and that's fine. I because think it was Lane Kiffin. <laughs> maybe. Well, that's not a bad point. But listen, the media is essentially the fourth arm of the government, is what it's been referred to. And the media, they need to go get all the information they can. But do I need to be told that I, as a business owner, not as a reporter, but as a business owner, that I have to turn over what I'm paying to them other than in my taxes and they could make that public. Absolutely not. And now if the NCAA wants to try to do something like that and they're forever decades long stupidity, go for it. They, okay. Go for it. But they don't have subpoena power. Congress does. And this to me is an infringement of rights absolutely an infringement of rights. If they tell a young man that you have to disclose all that you made, or they tell a school, you have to disclose all that you pay. I but don't like, understand. You just said it, though. You theoretically have to disclose it for taxes anyway. Right, but that doesn't become public knowledge. I don't think it's fair that it becomes public knowledge. Because, listen, okay, let's just say, for instance, um, Nico's making $8 million, and um, Jerome Carvin was making $10. Well, that doesn't need to be public knowledge. That's their business. I mean, that's their own business. That's two that's that's two people, two adults doing business together. That doesn't need to be at all a a piece of public information. Well, here's where this comes into play. And this Mr. is where Jones says government just wants to tax money from NIL. Well, they're already getting that. Yeah, they're because, already getting that. Know, because I've I've worked with our guys about how to set that up. And I know that Tennessee has had a meeting. I think it was like two weeks ago that how to pay your taxes on NIL. And listen, some of these guys are going to make mistakes and not pay their taxes. That's going to happen. But yeah. I mean, do they want another piece? I don't think, I, I don't think it's about a piece. I'll tell you what it might be. Cause look, I, I'm not, look, there's corruption in Congress. We all know that, but we have to understand when and where and how it is. Most of the time, by the way, the corruption is not them lining their pockets. It's people who finance their campaigns wanting their pockets lined. It's their donors and lobbyists who want the pockets lined, not the members of Congress themselves. Members of Congress themselves are oftentimes just puppets for those people. So what I would say is that with this specifically, look, we, we all like federalism, and let's call it what it is. Senators are representing states that have football programs that they love and that they're constituents love that have fallen behind due to nil that's what this is about and there are more there are more states like that than there are like tennessee which is one of the states that has gotten out ahead of it so i'm just saying we love federalism if more representatives in the house and more in the senate happen to represent states that feel this way the lucky thing the the most objective arbiter would have been any of Donald Trump or Joe Biden, who, how you feel about either of them. They may be the most objective arbiters of this because neither of them live in a state where college football matters. <laughs> or, or Trump does now. Trump lives in Florida. But at the time he lived in New York 
He represented New York as president. Biden represents Delaware. There's no college football that matters in either state unless you think Syracuse is relevant. So, I mean, that's the that's that's the funny thing about this. Now, when it was Bill Clinton, I think he probably would have felt a certain way representing Arkansas, wanting Arkansas to be good. There's a lot of passion in Arkansas. But I think that a lot of senators are representing states whose constituents are mad. I'm looking at Florida. This came, I think actually this came out from a congressman in Florida as first one to draft this bill. Thank you. I knew we'd get there. I, I'm, I, I'm glad we did. It came out of Florida because Jaden Rashada was promised $13 million, showed up on campus, didn't get his what earnest money, but was willing to show up on campus. And then there's no money there. And they just backed out of it because of a legal loophole. And, and to me, for for somebody to do this in grandstand just to get us talking about it and to maybe get on sports center and this is more exciting than talking about flood zone recommendations okay so people are going to talk about it people don't go oh my gosh that nebraska flood zone area we've got to do something about that nobody gets fired up about that but they get fired up about college football yeah i think it came out of florida because you now have Miami, who seems to have put their stuff together, and they're in the Final Four from paying a bunch of players, which is legal. And Florida still looks like a monkey just messing around. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I and, think Florida State's falling behind, too. Yeah, Florida State's falling behind. So too bad for you. I mean, that's, I mean, and to get, to get help from Congress disgusts me. To have to share any, any numbers when these guys and are Let's put this out here real quick because people are trying to say this guys, there's nothing partisan about this specific debate because it's members of both parties. It's not about the party you're in. It's about the state you represent at this point. Florida's a red state. Tennessee's a red state. They are on, they are miles apart in how they feel about this issue. So it has nothing to do with party lines, this specific topic. It has to do with who represents the states whose schools have gotten behind on NIL. Yeah. Just Listen, just stay out of my business. They, they, not you, Caleb, but Congress. Just stay. You're a very big part of my business. I don't want you to stay out. But Congress, just stay out of my business, man. I mean, just diehard fans with power. Ah, I wish I'd have thought of that line. I would have written that line on our message board. Well, they should be in your business if you're out here doing things like Silicon Valley Bank and, you know threatening the whole financial security of the country because you're making reckless investments, but I don't think you're doing that, Dave. <laughs> I'm not. I think, I think, uh, I think my investments uh, have been very, very sound. Uh, like we, we, I think we all wish Congress was in Bernie Madoff's business. They probably should have been in Bernie Madoff's business before they were. Well, they, they had the opportunity. They were given all the facts and they didn't check any of them like way back in 2005. Uh, I, got, <laughs> I got into that documentary too. They basically gave them all. And he said, yeah, check me out. I don't care. Gave them all the numbers and they didn't check anything out. Because they can't do numbers themselves. So <laughs> Exactly. There are a, <laughs> a bunch of politicians who happened to get uh, jobs with uh, the, was the SEC, I guess, not the football not conference. Well, this, you got to remember people who craft the laws in Congress, they're not the co politicians themselves. Those politicians have a team of staffers that are making 30,000 a year that are the most boring people that sit in the room till three in the morning eating cold pizza trying to figure this stuff out. It's not them. 
they're just the ones who go to the floor to make their point. It is pretty amazing the support that they get. I, I will I will tell you this. When I went to visit Heath Schuler in his office, my son immediately spilled a Diet Dr. Pepper in his office. And do you remember the scene from The Fifth Element in which they he drops a glass and like all kinds of robots come out and clean it up real quick? Do you remember that scene no, by chance? I, don't, I didn't watch That's exactly time. what his staffers were like. There were like three staffers and you, the support is unbelievable. And it's like one had the napkin, one had the spray stuff. One had another diet, Dr. Pepper for my son. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I think that's why Heath just random compliment to Heath Schuler. That's why Heath got out of it because both sides, he was moderate. He voted on what he believed and he didn't care if he made friends on the left or right. And both sides tried to pull him to either side to make like a real serious run at a bigger position. And he said, no, I just want to vote for what I believe in and good for him. And he finally got out of it. But you look at Heath, former athlete in Washington, good looking guy. If he had been willing to say, I will be a diehard Republican and support whatever, or I'll be a diehard liberal and support whatever, he would have been a superstar in Congress, or maybe even more. I have no doubt in my mind, but he didn't want to be a puppet, and he walked away because of that. Just a random compliment to Heath Schuler, who I love. Coming up, a full recruiting update, and we're going to talk Merklinger. We're also going to talk where Tennessee stands with several other prospects, so you will want to hang tight. And if you just got on board and heard my semi-political rant, hit the thumbs up. Hopefully you liked it. If you didn't, then uh, still hit the thumbs up. Be sure you're subscribed. And coming up, we will discuss why Caleb Giroux voted for Bernie Sanders. Off the hooks, worth. <laughs> to own the more that owns every job, then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's your Our family has been creating one-of-a-kind pieces of jewelry in West Knoxville since 1986. Each piece is a combination of unique processes that bring your idea to life. Every day in our shop, a truly special item with a story all its own is being manufactured in our facility, bringing the history and family sentiment into a whole new generation of life. We are grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler, a title that we value and respect. Because to me, being a jeweler and owning a jewelry store are not the same thing. I'm Rick Terry, I'm a jeweler, and we want to be your jeweler. 
Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut, and downtown on Gay Street right next to the Tennessee Theater. With all that sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. What's up, everybody? This is University of Tennessee tight end Jacob Warren, proud to announce that I'll be working with Craven Wings again this season. And I want you to give your all and try my signature sauce, Sauce 87, at either of the Craven Wings' two locations, Chapman Highway in Seymour and South North Shore Drive at the Markets of Chodo. When you're Craven Wings, it's got to be Craven Wings. Online at CravenWings.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Um, who's this guy? Hello, Wizard! The Dave Hooker Show. Ooh. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Talking crew coming up. And if you have a specific player or prospect that you would like to ask about, Caleb Drew, best in the biz. So go ahead and type that in the message board. Hit that thumbs up button. I just looked at the YouTube channel, and some of you haven't hit the thumbs up button yet. Come on, we need to share this knowledge with some other people. Portions of the program brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning. Cityheatandair.com. Cityheatandair.com. And City Heating and Air Conditioning in Knoxville. HVAC service with integrity. Integrity matters. 50 years there. And City Heating and Air Conditioning will make sure that you get the proper assessment of your unit. Maybe just a new part instead of a whole new unit. Other people will try to talk you into a whole new unit. So Smoky Mountain Red said Craven Wings needs a Pigeon Forge location. I want to work on that. We got a lot of stuff cracking Pigeon Forge, Smoky Mountain Red. Just telling you, it might rhyme with great or readily great. It's the 98 series. All right, Caleb Drew joins us now. I tried to be sneaky. Caleb, how are you, sir? Doing good. How are y'all? I'm well. I thought you might have a Bernie Sanders shirt on as we were talking politics earlier. No, when I wasn't able to vote yet. Oh, that's right. Caleb is a young man, um, <laughs> but, but that's okay. Uh, he he brings the heat, and uh, he he is, if not already, going to be your next great recruiting reporter when it comes to the University of Tennessee. Uh, just knocking it out of the park. Told us that Jake Merklinger would be a ball before he announced it. Uh, just great stuff on offthehooksports.com. So let's get to it now. Talking Cruton brought to you by Craft Treats. Talking Cruton. Am I right or am I right or am I right? Who's on Tennessee's board? The names you need to know exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. So, Jaru, what did you think of the pickup of Merklinger with already a five star in camp and seemingly the future of the program? 
Thoughts on that pickup? Well, I think uh, it's very good for Josh Heupel and his staff. We're seeing um, we're seeing that they can get the quarterbacks they want. So in this 2020, 2024 class, Merklinger was the guy they wanted, and they weren't really in the running for anybody else. Obviously, Jaden Davis is announcing today, and he had um, and he had Tennessee in their in his top schools. But I think that was more just like a respect thing, like a thank you to Tennessee. Merklinger was the guy that Tennessee wanted and it was really all or nothing for him because there really wasn't another high quality quarterback in this class that they were after. That's pretty strong to get him, especially from Georgia. And this is something we talked about before we get to some other guys that we talked about before you came on. And that was whether or not he went to North Carolina or Tennessee there was going to be competition. You got Drake May there at North Carolina. He doesn't seem afraid of competition. So while this is a non-binding verbal commitment, it seems like one that'll stick to me. Yeah, I don't see that he'll decommit or flip anywhere. Obviously, in this day and age, if he gets to Tennessee and after sitting a year, he doesn't want to sit another year, you can always just transfer. So, I mean, that makes – I guess it does make the decision easier, but it also adds, like, that backup plan. Like, hey, I can go to Tennessee, get developed, get coached, and if for some reason he decides he doesn't want to compete anymore or Nico is like the for sure starter his sophomore year, he can always just transfer somewhere else. But I think we'll see Merklinger become what Nico is this year and just kind of being able to push Nico to that next level until Nico either gets drafted or something happens or, you know, and then Jake Merklinger can take that starting role. Amari Jefferson is a wide receiver that Tennessee's taking a look at. What can you tell me? about Amari Jefferson. By the way, you may have a new nickname, uh, Rootin' Tootin' Crootin' Caleb. (laughs) There you go. But Amari Jefferson is an interesting case because he's committed to Tennessee for baseball. But recently, a lot of his offers and attention has come from football. So it's kind of one of those things, and y'all probably know a little more than me about this, but it's obviously very difficult to play two sports in college. Iowa had a pitcher who was also a wide receiver, and he was on scholarship to be a wide receiver. And then I think maybe two weeks ago he tweeted out that he'll no longer be pursuing football and he'd be just pitching for Iowa. So, I mean, it's very, very hard to be play both baseball and football in college. But obviously he liked Tennessee enough to commit to Tony Vitello in baseball. So I don't see why Tennessee couldn't get a commitment here in football. And he's an in-state guy from Baylor School in Chattanooga. But the only thing is Tennessee's competing with just about every other top school in the country. You've got Alabama, Georgia, I mean, Colorado's in here, Oregon. So, obviously, he's keeping his options open. But I'll just go back to what I said before. If he liked Tennessee enough to um, commit for baseball, I don't see why the four-star won't commit for football. There you go. Uh, by the way, slight sidetrack. General Nealon said uh, Arian Carter will be a flat-foot stud, mark my words. I think even flat out stud. I don't think he's going to be flat footed like me, but <laughs> I, I'm hearing the same thing, General Nealon, just so you know. Uh, Talking Cruton brought to you by Craft Treats, crafttreats.com. Use the promo code off the hook for their chill pills. Their chill pills will help your pet with digestive issues, anxiety issues, or they might have arthritis issues. That's crafttreats.com. Use the promo code off the hook for 20% off. Crafttreats.com, promo code off the hook. They have other non-CBD awesome treats as well. So, Calhoun, what you got? Drew, uh, on a broader sense, sticking with Merklinger, um, not really sticking with him, but Hypel obviously signed Taven Jackson in 2022. Nico is the prize, the crown jewel of 2023. 
Now I'll take Ripley Grove 2024. David Jackson's obviously hit the portal. Dave and I had been in this kind of conversation where we thought the days of taking a quarterback every class are over. But you think Josh Heupel is still going to be the guy that takes a quarterback every single class? You know, I could see it. I uh, do agree that the days of taking a quarterback every class do seem like they're over. But if you're a quarterback, and it's kind of the way I've been thinking about it, you know, even if you don't play at Tennessee, which is obviously the issue why places don't have a quarterback in every class, they want to play, you want to get playing time instantly, the transfer portal is a thing. He can still get developed by the two of the best quarterback minds in the country. And, you know, you never know what could happen, and Nico might not pan out for some reason, and a Merklinger could step in. Or we could see Merklinger in a year or two, uh, like Taven Jackson, hop in the portal and go to another Power 5 school. So I also kind of agree that the time of quarterbacks in every class is over. But with the way Heifel is recruiting, and, I mean, who wouldn't want to play quarterback in his offense? It's, the, it's a very – it's not an easy offense, but it's a very easy offense to be a quarterback in. So, obviously, that's the place quarterbacks wants to go, and Merklinger wanted to be a ball. And so, if he's willing to sit two years, I feel like his junior season, he could be very successful and make a name for himself. And then if they have a quarterback every class, then maybe eventually we'll just see Tennessee quarterbacks play one year and then hop into the NFL draft every year. Sorry, Mike, a mute button. Uh, my bad. Tell me about uh, Jay Harper, who interesting picture of him that we used. He looks like he's in some sort of police lineup. But uh, Jay Harper, six foot, hundred and sixty five pound cornerback. He was in Knoxville on Tuesday, and it seems like the Vols are all about him at this point. Number fifty cornerback in the class, three stars, so not incredibly highly rated. Uh, but a guy that it, it seems like Tennessee wants. Yeah, and something that um, something that stood out to me about him was he got to see spring practice, and he was he was following Willie Martinez and the cornerbacks wherever they went, seeing what Willie Martinez was telling the cornerbacks. And he told me that his one of his favorite things about practice was that Willie Martinez is not a very rah rah coach. Like he's not going to light you up after a drill or yell at you from halfway across the field. He liked how uh, Martinez would pull the cornerbacks to the side and, like, teach them and walk them through the drill and then send them back to get a rep in. It's not like a yell at you, light you up kind of thing in front of everybody. He said that really stood out to him, and he likes that Willie Martinez is teaching the cornerbacks more than just, like, getting on to them and getting mad at them. He said he could really – he he could ooh, he could see himself fitting in Tennessee's defense, and he could see himself fitting with Martinez's, um, Martinez's system. And also while he was watching practice – he said that the defense came up with a big interception and they all kind of like went out there and were loving on the guy and like happy that, as he put it, happy their brother had succeeded. And he could really see that it was a brotherhood on Tennessee's defense. And he really liked that. I like a coach that when he berates me, I can't understand him like Ed Orgeron. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or, or yells to the media in the middle of drills. What's up, hook? I'm good. I, I don't think this is an appropriate time to talk. Ja- raging Cajun. <laughs> That's right. Which Jaru is, by the way. I don't know how raging he is, but he yeah, is. Yeah, he doesn't Jaru. sound – you don't sound like Ed Orgeron at all, Jaru. Do your impression. Let's hear it from Jaru. Yeah, Jaru, impression. Uh, well, Tigers. That's pretty good. But mine's – I mean, mine's money. Your Orgeron press, uh, impression is better than your Lou Holtz impression. I will say that. 
my Lou Holtz impression was awful. I, as, as soon as that crossed my lips yesterday, I was embarrassed for myself and everybody <laughs> associated with off the hook sports. All right, All right Calvin, before we go, sorry. Can you do a Joe Paterno impression? Me? Yeah. I don't even really. I guess I could prop my leg up when I sit in the press box. Oh, I forgot about that Tennessee game. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do it like, it ain't we're fast. We gotta go do stuff like this. And but really slow when he does it. No, I can't do the Joe Paterno voice. Like, I didn't know if you could. Travis says, do uh, Andy Rooney. I, I could do Andy Rooney all day. I mean, Andy Rooney's easy. You ever wonder why? That's the way he starts every sentence. All right, Caleb, get us a football question. I'm going to get to Brawny, guys. I promise I'll get to Brawny. Everybody's asking about Brawny, <laughs> Brawny, Brawny. Uh, so, Joe, all the talk right now is about Jake Brooklinger. And obviously, J.J. Harrell committed earlier. Maybe the future duo of Tennessee. We don't know, but... Outside of that, it seems like the class is still defensive heavy. Do you think this is going to be another defensive-laden class 2024, given the issues facing Tennessee right now? I mean, when you look at Tennessee's wide receiver room, you really don't see a hole, even looking at next year, that they really need to fill. And another thing is Heifel has very easily been able to go into the transfer portal and get offensive players that he wants. Like we look at Dante Thornton or – you know, we look at Charles or Castles McClellan or McClellan Castles, excuse me, where, you know, they needed a tight end, they would get a tight end. You want the best wide receiver in the portal, you get the best wide receiver in the portal. They haven't had that success on the defensive side. So I really do think for the defense, they need to dip into high school and get the guys they want. And also Tim Banks said that now with the defense where it's at, they actually have depth. They're able to go into high schools and get the guys that they want for their system, not necessarily guys they can get. Because they have the depth, now they can go out and seat guys that fit what they want to do, that physical, aggressive defense where you don't get a lot of rest time, but you're probably blitzing two out of every four downs. And they can go get those guys. And so I do think that this will be another defensive heavy class. But Tennessee still needs some offensive pieces as well. You know, a couple O linemen in every class never hurt. And you're also going to need a tight end because Ethan Davis has impressed, but you're losing two tight ends after this year. So I don't think you want your. Uh, second or third tight end to be walk-ons. Derek, do really disagree with you about getting alignment in every class? Sorry. Oh, sorry. What? Uh, you should get alignment? No, yeah, I'm, you joking. Get a- I'm saying Derek Dooley would disagree with Jaru about that you should get alignment in every class. Remember that, Dave, 2012? Gosh, yeah. yeah. That's your guy, too. Um, <laughs> what? What? Just, Dave is attaching things to, like, everybody today. Yeah, that's right. Well, you said Derek Dooley's pretty good. I never I mean, said that. When we, first, when we first met and you, you said the uh, the sentence of, this might sound crazy, but I'm not as down on Derek Dooley as you might think. I'm like, that's not, that's, that's, there's a huge gulf between that and he was very good. He just had an impossible situation. You know way, you did, Dave. The way I recall it is you said <laughs> – Derek Dooley, Vince Lombardi, same person. <laughs> Never said that. That's the That's the, do you not recall it that way, Jaru? Is that not what he said? I have no – I don't I don't remember at all, but I could – that's definitely something, Calhoun. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. I just – Hey, said... Calhoun, Calhoun, go put on your orange pants and check the mail. Oh, <laughs> He said, I remember yeah, him I saying. Like, I, feel like, I feel like the Germans right now. Okay, and y'all are coming. Yeah, I remember, remember him saying Derek Dooley check. 
is what he said. And that's what stood out to me. You guys are ridiculous. I, I, all right, let's get back to let's get back to some cruton. Uh I, I don't want to get through this without uh dropping a deuce. Deuce Knight, quarterback <laughs> out of Mississippi. <laughs> no, that one got Caleb. Um, Deuce Knight. Um, another quarterback. Goodness gracious, can they get another quarterback? I mean, if you want a quarterback every class, it seems like Deuce is shaping up to be your 2025 guy. He uh, he got to watch spring practice, caught up with Heupel and Halsley. He really, really liked how Halsley was coaching Joe Milton. He was impressed with Joe Milton. He said he could throw the ball 100 yards with no effort. He said he liked Nico. And he could – he's a smart kid. He could really tell that, like, every quarterback in Tennessee's room kind of has a different play style. And he, was, he walked me through how Halsley talked about it. He sat in their QB meetings. And he could tell that, like, they were really – they understood the terminology. They understood what was happening. You know, Milton has that big arm, and he can throw it 100 yards. But then you have Nico, who's more of a smooth-footed quarterback with a, um, a smoother-looking release. He's not really going to throw it 100 yards, but he just kind of looks like your prototypical quarterback. He really liked um, Tennessee. And another thing that stood out to me is Halsley talked to him about Drew Locke and Hendon Hooker. And how they came in, you know, Hinton Hooker didn't come in very highly touted out of Virginia Tech. And then Drew Locke, before Halsley got over there, was not very good. And he showed them how every year they improved to kind of sell him on the fact that if he comes to Tennessee every year, he'll develop and improve. So I thought that was kind of cool. And it also shows probably why they're able to recruit quarterbacks so easily is because there's proof. Like, like you can tell a recruit, hey, look at what we did with Hinton Hooker. Or look what we did with this guy. And how much better they got. Why can't we do the same with you? Okay, so three-star offensive tackle Mike Williams talks top eight. Um, so he released that, and he visited Tennessee. What did Mike have to tell you? Well, he was impressed with Tennessee. He liked Glenn Ellerby. It seems like a common trend is that a lot of people like Tennessee's coaches. He said that um, Ellerby coaches a lot differently than some of the other coaches he's uh, been around whenever he took visits. You know, he said Ellerby was very, 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 in his words, keen on the fundamentals. He wanted to make sure every offensive lineman had the technique completely correct in every drill. And, I mean, we've seen that too. I mean, if an O-lineman is even a step off in one of the drills they do, Ellerby stops the whole thing and explains the drill. Or, as he told us, Cooper May stops the drill and explains it to the younger guys how to do it correctly. He said that stood out to him. He said it was high intensity. And he said, Ellerby, to make sure that if you have, if you don't have the technique right, that you're not on the field. Like he, he made, he said it a bunch that Ellerby is really, really a fundamental coach and that that's something that he likes and that he can um, uh, jive with and enjoy. And his top eight is Michigan State, Miami, South Carolina, West Virginia, USC, Virginia Tech, Maryland. And he said he's going to take some more visits and look at some of those schools. Another thing that stood out to me is he said that uh, growing up, USC was his dream school. He always wanted to go to California. And I know that uh, Lincoln Riley right now is probably rolling out the red carpet for O-linemen and anybody who can play defense. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Another thing was Miami was his first offer, and Mario Cristobal is um, a very, very good offensive line coach. That kind of stood out to him as well. So he's a guy we'll definitely follow, and I'm sure he'll lock in some official visits here soon. You've been at practice, shifting away from recruiting, before we get to the, the Bronny James thing. So you, you've been at practice. Um, what do you think of that guy named Nico? Well, 
he's had I mean he's had some freshman days, but then we came out and watched practice yesterday morning and I don't think he missed a throw in the viewing period. He was very crisp. Oh, wow. All of his all of his balls were hitting the wide receivers in the chest. I also think it's helping him look a little better now that he's no longer throwing to just strictly walk on wide receivers. He's now mixing in with Squirrel White and he threw to Dante Thornton a little bit. And those throws looked really well. The ball's coming out of his hand a lot better. And I do think and agree with what some people are saying that he may have had some technical adjustments from Halsley. Because, you know, coming in, he did have like a sidearm, three quarters, more of like a baseball release, I guess would be the way to put it. And it seems like maybe Halsley has tried to get in more over the top and more of a traditional quarterback release. And really, after watching Thursday, he looks a ton better and he looks more like the guy we expected compared to the first couple of days where he had some overthrows. Maybe that's just settling in. Maybe it's the wide receivers. Maybe it's just his release. His release is getting better. I don't know what it could be, but Nico looked really well on Thursday, and I'm excited to see what he looks like next week as well. All right, and the balls will practice tomorrow. Limited availability because they they tend to scrimmage and do real stuff uh, as well. So interesting to keep up with Nico and what he does. And great job on recruiting. There will be many visitors. Well, I don't want to say many, but there will be quite a few visitors this weekend, I would imagine. Uh, Jairu, do you know of any in particular that you want to address, or do we want to cover that over the weekend? Off the top of my head, I have not seen any big names that are coming to Knoxville this weekend yet. Um, it's a closed scrimmage in Neyland, and I know the weather is not going to be good tonight, so I wonder if that might change any of the plans. I know last weekend was their weekend. They really rolled out the red carpet for a lot of prospects, but I'm sure there'll still be some guys in town that we'll, we'll have listed out on the site pretty soon. All right. Great stuff. Keep up the good work. We certainly appreciate it. And, um, yeah, take care, Jaru, man. Have a, if, yes, go ahead. We got to get Jaru's thoughts on if Ronnie's going to come to Tennessee, though, or go to Tennessee. He covers recruiting. <laughs> so if I am Bronny. Thanks for teasing that through the break. Thank you, Calhoun. Well, I, oh, I'm sorry. I don't even want to talk about it, but I didn't want to let Jaru go without talking about it. He, he goes recruiting for us. I have a little faith, you duly lover. No, I knew we... <laughs> okay. I knew we were going to talk about it. I just wanted Jaru's quick thoughts on it before we let him go. If I'm Bronny and I have my choice of any school in the country, I'm not going to a school that scores 50 points a game. Oh, <laughs> wait, on, on who does that? I don't know. I don't know if Bronny wants to play defense. Who's going to average more points next year, the football or basketball or... team? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the, stop. The basketball t- <laughs> stop. Both of you stop. Okay. <laughs> the basketball team gets to play ETSU. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I want to have this discussion for real Z. But I want to have it um, supported by our sponsors because I want to ask you both, hang tight with me, what is Brawny worth to Tennessee? Two minutes and give me a number on the message board, you Caleb's. Goodness gracious. And a lot of people don't know it, but Jaru is like a a huge Pruitt guy. Stay tuned. Two minutes. (laughs) To own the more that owns every job, then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. 
With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassies, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's your Our family has been creating one-of-a-kind pieces of jewelry in West Knoxville since 1986. Each piece is a combination of unique processes that bring your idea to life. Every day in our shop, a truly special item with a story all its own is being manufactured in our facility, bringing the history and family sentiment into a whole new generation of life. We are grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler, a title that we value and respect. Because to me, being a jeweler and owning a jewelry store are not the same thing. I'm Rick Terry. I'm a jeweler, and we want to be your jeweler. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street right next to the Tennessee Theater. With all that sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. What's up, everybody? This is University of Tennessee tight end Jacob Warren, proud to announce that I'll be working with Craven Wings again this season. And I want you to give your all and try my signature sauce, Sauce 87 at either of the Craven Wings' two locations, Chapman Highway in Seymour and South North Shore Drive at the Markets of Chodo. When you're Craven Wings, it's got to be Craven Wings. Online at CravenWings.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard! The Dave Hooker Show. Ooh. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Okay, off topic, but people keep asking about it. Ronnie James. Travis says, man, do you really want that circus at Thompson Bowling Arena? LeBron is a clown. What? He's the best player to ever play the game. I don't Second. start all the discussion. <laughs> Scott Hoon's like, no, Derek Dooley is. <laughs> who's a better? Who's better at their job, LeBron or Derek Dooley, Caleb? <laughs> well, I mean, as a as a as a 
Derek Dooley may be the greatest all-field assistant of all time. We don't know. I mean, he's an all-field assistant right now. So, Okay, so with the LeBron thing, for for realsies for a second, do we have any reason to believe that Bronny's coming to Tennessee? Because he did give Tennessee a look, right? Maybe? He, I mean, if I don't believe he is, but if he wants to develop, Tennessee's not a bad place. I mean, again, Rick Barnes is a place to develop, but I think he's looking at a, as a one-and-done type of guy because – LeBron is going to LeBron's like dreams to play like with his son, at least one year in the NBA. Yeah. And he, there, there's a chance that LeBron could destroy Bronny's career because I don't know that he's a one and done naturally, but he's not, he's not he's going to destroy his son's career. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a very good chance that, okay. So what would it mean, Jaru, if, if, if Bronny was a vol? It would mean a lot of money. Tennessee's athletic department because if you have Bronny on the court, assuming he plays his first year, we, we see how freshman point guards fare at Tennessee. They don't usually see the court their first year. If Bronny were to play, I mean, you have LeBron coming to Knoxville, Tennessee to watch his son play. Uh, LeBron has a lot of friends who probably want to watch his son play as well. So, I mean, you're, you're bringing a lot of celebrities to Knoxville, a lot of um, money to buy tickets. I mean, they'll probably be selling out games versus ETSU on November 15th next year if, or the year after next if Bronny's a Vol. So, I mean, you bring in a lot of money to wherever he goes, and it's just a matter of I really think that that would probably be more valuable than his play on the court to wherever he goes. Okay, what? how much would Bronny be worth to Tennessee's program? Because we say that LeBron's going to show up and visit, and I'm sure he would some – but and he's got a younger son too, who's better. So either one of them. The younger son is more in LeBron's mold of a player. Yes. So he's a takeover the program type of guy. Uh, Bronny's more of a shooter. Okay. So let me ask you this: Would between the publicity and the player, what would either of LeBron's sons be worth? How much would you pay if you're cutting checks? If you're Rick Barnes and you're like, man, I got to get this championship thing done or I'm going to be considered the Marv Levy of basketball coaches. It's a pretty good reference. Um, how much would you want? Would you go to the collectives and say you got to pay him this? I mean, one year. One year. For the, for the younger LeBron James, like not Bronny James, but the younger one. I mean, if you're paying Nico eight, you got to go ten. Because the younger one is like that guy's getting you a championship that one year he's in college, and I, I think. But it's now, just one year. He's getting Nico's it. getting it for three years. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Well, okay, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. I didn't even think about that. But hmm, the answer. Okay, okay so I'm going three and a half. Three the answer half. is ten million dollars for the younger one, and five million dollars for Bronny. By the way, Adele will be at the games too because Adele is now engaged to Rich Paul, and that's LeBron's best friend. So, so she gonna sing the national anthem? <laughs> Adele singing the national anthem—that would be great. I would draw. Um, I would draw a crowd. Yeah. Um, Travis says, "Come on, I'm not even kidding. I mean, to have that sort of publicity, to have a real chance at a championship, to have two or three guys that are likely going to follow him, Travis, I'm not." Okay, maybe 10 mils a little high. Okay, so I'll go two and a half for Bronny, the good one, <laughs> the, the middle, 
the middle player in this whole scenario, like the middle child. Um, and I will say uh, I would go $5 million for the good one, the young one. Okay. How about that? And Peyton Manning is proof that the middle child is usually the best of the athletes. So <laughs> I thought the little child like in the Brady Bunch was overlooked. I mean, Giroux kind of seems like a middle child. To me. No, I'm a middle child, and Peyton Manning <laughs> is a middle child, and Peyton Manning was the best of all the Mannings by far. There's not a close second. Like, I'm sorry, Arch, Archie. Not Arch, but I'm sorry, Archie, and I'm sorry, Eli. Eli doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. Come at me. Eli doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. I'm fine. He's a giant, but he won two Super Bowls. All right, so what would so you did, So did Jim Plunkett, right? Yeah, and Jim Plunkett. Jim Plunkett should be in the hall of fame too if you went to some crack okay <laughs> possibly uh but all right so what do you think of my number 2.5 and 5 million dollars 2.5 for brawny 5 million for the younger one who is way better jaru i'm game with that what about you i mean it's probably their value if you're making an evaluation but i don't think that'll ever happen at tennessee unless they play football you mean you don't think they would extend the dollars or mm-hmm. you don't think they would come to Tennessee because Tennessee doesn't I don't have think... a program to house them? Uh, probably a little bit of both. But more so, I don't think Tennessee would give them that money because I just don't feel like Tennessee is a place where they're willing to invest in their basketball athletes like their football players. Okay, but see, that's something I wrote earlier this week that bothers me. Why in the world is that Barnes or is that the collectives that aren't doling out this cash? Because you could dole out less cash and have more success in basketball than you could football. Okay, with Bright. Okay, LeBron's younger son is Bryce James. That's his name. I was trying to remember. Bryce James was six foot four at age 13. So he's going to, we know how big he's going to be eventually. He's going to be LeBron size. Here's why you throw out maybe even more than 5 million. What if you recruit Bryce James to play defensive end and basketball? Oh, wait a now. He's not going to do that. I'm just That's saying, crazy. I'm just saying, we, we all, Dave, do you not agree that like if LeBron wanted to play defensive end, he would have been like the best defensive, defensive end of all time? Well, I'm going to go best of all time. <laughs> That's pretty strong. But given his athleticism and quick twitch, I, w- I would say there's a good chance that he would be in the Hall of Fame at a number of positions, maybe even. Uh, he he, was, he would have been the new Doug Atkins for this era with his athleticism. Oh, my gosh. Now we've gone LeBron crazy. But no, okay, just like, by the way, if Michael Jordan played wide receiver, best wide receiver of all time. There wouldn't even be a d- debate. A 6'6 guy with a 48-inch vertical who runs a 4'3'40 and has hands that huge? Like, well, but you get you get too tall and you have a big target zone where you get your ribs broke. Oh, the check for usually the you get about, yeah, yeah, usually you get about past 6'5", and I, I get concerned about guys who have too big of a target zone. But um, who would be – who would you have rather seen play football? Michael Jordan at receiver or LeBron at tight end slash defensive end, defensive end? Which one would have been more fun to watch? Derek Dooley. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we've all agreed that uh, $5 million for the youngest uh, James is not too much and 2.5. So go out there and spend it balls for Bronny if you need to. And maybe even you get Bronny and he hangs around till his little brother is able to play with him at Tennessee. And then 
You've got a whole new nickname. Forget Ernie and Bernie. You got the James Gang. James Gang. James that Gang. Is gold, Jerry. Gold. And you get and you, just, you just have to hope that LeBron doesn't turn into LeVar Ball. Oh. That's true. LeVar got his sons to the NBA, though. <laughs> eventually. You could do yeah. T-shirts because goodness knows I can come up with bad T-shirt ideas. You could do the Lavals. Lavals. Oh, you could have done that if you had gone there. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> terrible. Oh, I yeah. got the high-pitched giggle from Giroux, which means it was a good and bad joke at the same time. Lavar Ball I mean, got convinced Donald Trump to get his son out of jail in China. I mean, dude's got some pull, man. <laughs> a lot of people in there. All right. But I do, I do want to end on this sincerely. Tennessee has got to get more involved in NIL money and basketball. Can we all agree with that? Is there, I mean, there's too much money that that's out there, right? Dave just loves, Dave just wants Tennessee to be a basketball school, guys. Let's just go ahead and say it. I think it's stupid (laughs) that they're not. You want Tennessee to be a basketball first school. You want Tennessee to be Duke. That is true. (laughs) Do you want them, you want, you want to weigh the priorities like that? <laughs> no, that, is, that is not true. I don't want them to be Duke, but I don't For see Villanova. I don't see there are certain programs out there that have the influx of cash, like Alabama, that can be elite at both. Now, I don't like the whole Brandon Miller situation, NATO handle it and everything, but they are, you know, they were a Final Four contender this year, and Tennessee slipped into the Sweet 16. It should be more than that. And, uh, Travis says Dave hates Joe and loves basketball. What is happening? <laughs> None of that is true. I'm I just going to write a Joe Milton feature for that very reason. Guys, fantastic job, Jaru. Keep up the great recruiting coverage. Uh, Calhoun's got you covered when it comes to spring football. Uh, the videos are all there on the YouTube page. Hit the thumbs up button, but subscribe. That's the most important thing. We'll have a talk with Cooper Mays. We'll have a talk with Jacob Warren. We got a lot going on. For the Calebs, I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports.